Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Members Exclusive Podcast. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Monday the 23rd of October and just coming up to quarter to 12 for this podcast. Currently the ASX 200 down 53 points or 0.77%. We have stabilised at least at these kind of levels and have tried once or twice to rally off it but to no avail as yet. But as usual with all the information contained in this podcast, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this podcast. All right, well currently 53 down. We did open uh, around the high of the day, 68.81 being the high, our low of 68.35. So we are uh, 15 odd points off that low. So that at least is something on the day. We have seen Dow futures uh, pushing a little bit higher at the moment. We've got Dow futures currently up around 49 points and NASDAQ futures up around 35 points. So that's a little bit of uh, steadiness creeping into our market. But uh, it is obviously early days for the Dow futures. It is Sunday night in the US. So it is pretty thin. It is pretty much uh, following Asian markets to some extent. Uh, but certainly over the weekend, no invasion of Gaza from Israel on the ground anyway, which has taken a little bit of pressure off things in terms of the market. Looking at our market today, though, banks a little bit easier. CBA down 0.6 and NABs down 0.6. Uh, but it is really resources that are taking the brunt of it at the moment. BHP down 2.3%, Rio down 2%, Fortescue down 1.3%, oil and gas also down, we have seen a little bit of the heat taken out of the oil market over the weekend. Woodside down 2.3% and Santos down 1.4%. The gold sector is slightly mixed, to say the least. We have Northern Star up 0.7%, but Newcrest down 2.1% as that merger does come into effect very shortly. CSL and the healthcare stocks doing remarkably well today. CSL up 0.9%. ResMed having a very good day, up 2.2%. Certainly a lot of people suggesting that the Zempec effect or the GLP-1 drug sector effect on some of these stocks has been overdone. So a little bit of a bounce happening there. Industrials generally weaker. Telstra uh, down 1%. And we have got tech, not too bad to be honest. Wise tech uh, doing nothing. Zero down 1.1%. But it really is uh, the resources which are taking the battering today. We have seen 10-year yields in the Australian markets, 4.76 at the moment. So nothing really has changed uh, from uh, Friday night and uh, the, the markets we saw there. So uh, not an awful lot of change. As far as uh, top stories go in our market today, there are a few interesting developments around the place. So we bit Nano, uh, which I had been writing about and talking about an entry around $3 and missed it and didn't chase it. I am ruining that day. They're currently trading around $4.48, up another 19% today. So a very, very good day for Webit Nano following the announcement of that second foundry deal that they have signed. Also looking at Bellevue Gold doing well today, up 4.5%. Not bad volume either, 2 million shares. But one of the stories around this morning is Propel Funerals up 3.2%. Not a huge bounce, but there has been some media speculation which the company has commented on about a number of parties that may be interested in taking over uh, Propel Funerals. Of course, we do have InvoCare under takeover at the moment as well. Propel being the second 
biggest player in the death industry, the funeral industry. Uh, but the company, the board, has determined the interest received today has not been compelling and has therefore elected not to engage with any party regarding its interest. But having said that, uh, the stock is up a smidge. We've also seen a lot of uh, interest today in Wildcat. Uh, WC8 is the stock code there. They're up 30%, a uh, company that we have commented on in the past. Uh, it looks as if mineral resources, that is the speculation at least, that they could be interested in that one. They've also hit, um, this is probably why mineral resources are quite keen on it, they hit 85 metres, a 1.5% lithium oxide at Taba Taba. That is quite a significant uh, broad high-grade lithium intersection. So that does highlight the scale of Taba Taba, or Taba Taba, uh, whatever way you pronounce it. But certainly the stock doing very well today, and there is that speculation that someone may be interested, as are... Players circling, it seems, Azure Minerals. This is the Mark Creasy lithium play, which had been approached by SQM in the past. Stock up, well, the stock isn't trading. It's in a trading halt, pending more news on a potential change of interest in that one. So that is certainly of interest today as well. ARB copying a few broker upgrades, 2.9% better today. Uh, but on the uh, downside of the market today, we have got Latin Resources falling back to 25 cents. Now, Latin Resources did raise, uh, raise 35 million bucks at 25 cents. Stocks down 5.7% to 25 cents at the moment. Pilbara also in the canine corner today, down 18 cents or 4.7% to $3.68. What I find extraordinary, and I wrote about this in Henry's Tate this morning, is that there is now an ex a huge position of short sellers in Pilbara. 15.2% of Pilbara Register is now being shorted. 458 million shares shorted. And of course, this is also part of the Liontown equation as well. Liontown copying a few downgrades today. Uh, down 3.7% to $1.83, only slightly above the $1.80 placement price. Of course, for retail shareholders, there is a share purchase plan option which is coming into effect, the price being $1.80, or more importantly, you could get uh, the stock at a 2% discount to the VWAP over the pricing period. It does appear that there's a few people quite happy to push this one down maybe to try and panic some of the guys that took the stock at $1.80, or maybe just trying to get their SPP allocation at a lower price. Broker downgrades, of course, for Liontown. And interesting to bear in mind that, of course, Gina, we still haven't heard from Gina Reinhardt in terms of how much she took up in the placement at $1.80. It has been quite quiet on that front. Now, under her corporation's law, uh, she can't go above 19.9%. And if she does, she has to make a full bid for the company. And that bid will have to be at or above the price she has paid, the highest price she's paid, which is around 3 bucks. So any bid that she would make for Liontown within the next four months, that is important, within the next four months under the terms of the corporation's law, would have to be at 3 bucks. Uh, I saw this morning uh, research from Canaccord Genuity with a $2.03 price target on Liontown. So that very much in focus stock, as I say, is down this morning uh, in that one. Just in other news today, we've also seen uh, TWE 
uh, their trend, uh, treasury wine estates. Of course, there's news over the weekend that maybe the Chinese will be removing the tariffs on Australian wine. Of course, treasury wine estates has diverted a lot of their sales of their premium product away from China into other markets. So it will take a little bit of time before you can get those distribution channels up and running. Uh, but certainly uh, that is potentially a, a, a significant positive for them. I have to say, Treasury Wine Estates, the reaction has been somewhat muted, up 0.8 of a percent. So as they say, it's not going to happen overnight, but maybe it will happen. But certainly that is a story out there this morning, as well as South 32. Uh, they have reaffirmed their guidance. And ProMedicus has signed a $16 million contract in the U.S., uh, to provide a cloud-engineered platform for diagnostic imaging. Uh, the platform is expected to go live in the first half of 2024. That $16 million is over eight years with South Shore Health. And Viva Energy has reported lower retail fuel margins. Uh, fuel sales grew 4.7% in the September quarter to $3.8 billion, uh, despite softer economic conditions, they said. So uh, they also said refining margins increased through the period due to tight oil supply, General global strength and lower stocks heading into the Northern Hemisphere. Not much else on the news front. Of course, it is a big week this week. We've got CPI numbers from our own ABS. We've also got the Magnificent Seven in the US out with their results. So that is going to be the key for the US, plus a whole heap of data as well from the US. Marcus, of course, away on Monday. So I am filling in as usual with this members podcast. And just uh, in my uh, Henry's take today, just talking about the Magellan punt that we wrote about back in June and when they were around a cent, uh, there's some interesting developments happening there uh, to some extent for those people that are interested. Nick Bolton, he of the BrizConnect fame and Keybridge Capital has a big position in those Magellan options, which do give you the right to buy Magellan fund, MGF, which is the global fund, at a 7.5% discount to the NTA now. Magellan is trying to move to close up that discount because it had been around 15% for a long time, in which case the options were worthless. However, they have now put in place a plan, potentially a plan anyway, uh, to close up that by turning it from a closed-end fund into an open-end fund. But they are talking about doing that in the first half of next year, which would be after the options had expired, if that is the timetable, if they're looking at June the options expire in March. Nick Bolton has a significant position in the options and has now apparently got enough members to call a meeting to wind up uh, the Magellan Global Fund. Uh, Magellan have hit back and they've got lawyers at 10 paces to stop him calling that meeting. So that's going to be interesting to say the least there of what happens. Currently, uh, the MGFO are around 2.2, 2.3 cents. So if you bought them around a cent uh, back in June, you've done very well. You've doubled your money. Uh, the advice has been to at least sell half. That way you're in for nothing. And you can sit on the sidelines knowing that you have a seat in the room where it happens. Also today in Henry's Take, just to look at the US GDP now numbers. And once again, it does seem as if the US is not having a soft landing or a hard landing, but no landing at all. If it has had a soft landing, we haven't actually had a lot of evidence of that soft landing. Uh, 5.4% uh, is the real GDP growth, according to the Atlanta Feb, which tracks this GDP now number. Uh, of course, that is of interest. The U.S. market going, or the U.S. economy, rather, going along quite nicely. We do get those results this week of the Magnificent Seven. So we'll get a little more in-depth view of how the American market is going. 
but certainly the US market not going too badly at all, although there are signs of some stress, not least in the car market where car loan delinquencies are hitting a 29-year high. We've also got that student loan repayment uh, holiday uh, coming to an end, so that's going to put a lot more pressure on some of the young people out there in the US. So it is very much a bifurcating market in the US in terms of the economy, as it is in elsewhere in terms of the UK, very much in evidence as well there. But interestingly, of course, uh, we are entering the last 12 months or so of a US election cycle, presidential election. I saw some numbers over the weekend suggesting that if the election was held tomorrow, Donald Trump would win. So that is something to consider. We are a year away, of course, and anything can happen in a year. But with the Israel-Gaza situation and uh, the US uh, policy on that, very much Joe Biden is tying his fortunes to, I guess, a successful, I'm not sure what successful outcome looks like, though. But whatever that outcome is, Joe Biden very much tying himself to that uh, war that is about to erupt in the Middle East. So uh, that could change things as well. And uh, as I say, if an election was held tomorrow, it would seem that Donald Trump would be the winner there. Now, I'm heading off to Melbourne tomorrow for the small cap, micro cap conference, which I'm really looking forward to. I'm chairing a session on Wednesday for that one uh, with three companies there. I'm chairing a session with Forrester Group, FGH, Alexanor Wellness and Hydrix. Uh, with this executive chair of Hydrix there, Gavin Coote. So that should be interesting there. I've got a 6.40 a.m. flight. I'm not quite sure why or what possessed me to book a 6.40 a.m. flight. But there you go. I'll be in Melbourne bright and early. Well, maybe not so bright, but certainly early. Well, that's it from me. Thanks very much for listening. As always, of course, Marcus will be back tomorrow with his own take on the members' exclusive podcast. In the meantime, have a great day and let's be careful out there. Most of our portfolios significantly in cash still, and uh, that does certainly look the way to be.